Welcome to Wellness Your Way, the podcast that gives you tips and tricks to get physically, emotionally, and mentally healthier in your way. I'm your host, Megan Lyons, a Harvard graduate and former management consultant who left the business world behind to follow my passions and help others live their happiest and healthiest lives. Today, I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist and owner of the Lion's Share Wellness, a health coaching company that has helped thousands on their own way to wellness. Wellness Your Way is an extension of just that, aimed to help you find your unique path to feeling your very best. Each week, we'll go through tactical strategies you can use to improve your health, happiness, and quality of life. So grab a mug of tea or lace up your walking shoes. We're about to dive in. Happy Tuesday morning to you or whatever day you're listening to this on. You know, one of the things that just gets me so excited is getting to work on Tuesday after the podcast releases at 5 a.m. Central on Tuesdays and seeing how many of you have already listened to the podcast in just a few hours. I love those of you who share that you're going on walks on Tuesday mornings and you're listening to the podcast. So please continue to share it via social media. It really does light me up, first of all, and help so many other people hear the podcast. So thank you for that. Welcome to episode six. Today we're talking about how to keep commitments to yourself, which is something that is relevant to so many of us. I am going to also review a little scary study or news release about some healthier fast food restaurants. I'm going to recommend a product that helps me with muscle recovery, and I'm going to answer some listener Q&A. So let's dive in. It is time for health news you can use. And today, honestly, I'm going to bum some of you out here, but I'm just here to spread the facts. And the facts are that cooking at home is almost always healthier. Now, I am realistic. I know that for most of us, cooking every single meal at home is not realistic, and that's okay. But by sharing these news releases, I want to encourage you to do what you can. Cooking one meal at home is so amazing. Cooking three meals at home per week, awesome. You are doing great. Just take one step in a healthier direction and let this little bit motivate you. So if you think of healthier fast food restaurants, what do you think of? If you had asked me that question, I probably would have said Chipotle, which I think is still up there. Uh, or I probably would have said Subway as one of the healthier options because there isn't much fried food, there are vegetables, which I love, you can get a salad. It just seems cleaner overall. But sadly, new reports are showing that the health halo Subway has just isn't justified. There was a new release from Trent University's Wildlife Forensic DNA Laboratory, which tested the chicken in Subway, and it was only about 50% chicken, ranging depending on the product, whether it was strips or chicken breast or whatever, uh, between just below 50% and just above 50% chicken. 
Now, this is pretty scary, right? Because you think you're looking at a chicken breast, it's all together, it has the grill marks, whatever, but it's not chicken. In fact, of all of the fast food restaurants tested, a few, like Wendy's, had higher percentages, up to 85% chicken, which could be, you know, the spices that they use, things like that. But the average number of ingredients in the chicken from all these fast food restaurants was 16 16 ingredients just in what they're calling chicken. So even when we're getting a healthier option, like a grilled chicken sandwich at Subway, it's honestly full of so much other stuff, be it honey or industrial chemicals or soy products, which I'm okay with a little non-GMO soy here and there for sure, but I'm pretty confident that the quality of soy that they're using is not too high. Uh, So the meat is something to watch out for. And then what's more, Ireland's Supreme Court actually just ruled that the Subway bread can't be legally called bread since it has so much sugar, about 10% sugar by volume. And I'm laughing, but really I'm crying because my goodness, so much of our food supply has added sugar. And it's really sad. It's contributing to our taste buds, just craving more and more sugar. It's contributing to insulin resistance. It's contributing to obesity. It's contributing to heart disease. It's contributing to so many things when we are hooked on sugar. So I laugh, but I don't really laugh. Uh, let's just have bread. If we're going to have bread at all, like let's have real bread without 10% by volume added sugar. So this segment isn't to beat up on Subway. And honestly, if you have Subway once a year while you're driving across the country, by all means, go for it. We will survive um, if this is once in a while. But if you're hitting Subway or any other fast food place multiple times per week, this may be a reason to just try to start cooking at home. Moving right along to Megan Recommends. This is the segment where I recommend a new product to keep you healthy each week. And so far, this has been a food product because you know I love my food. But today, I am not talking about something you can eat. I would highly recommend not eating this. Uh, I'm talking about my foam roller. I foam roll every single night for about five minutes. Every single night, right after dinner, this is part of my routine. I'm very spoiled. Kevin washes the dishes right after dinner. And as soon as he does that, I go upstairs and I foam roll. And this helps me for so many reasons. Uh, primarily muscle recovery. After hard workouts, when I do the foam roller at night, I am far less sore and more recovered the next day. It helps with injury prevention. I've struggled a lot with calf issues, foot issues, knee issues, things like that. And I am far less likely to get and or stay injured when I'm foam rolling regularly. It helps with blood flow, circulation, mobility, flexibility. The The benefits are numerous. And my foam roller that I use is the Hyper Ice Viper, V-Y-P-E-R. I will post a link to that in the show notes. 
Um, and I love it because it vibrates. You can turn it, it has three different speeds and the vibration and the grooves in the foam roller really help you get deep into the muscle, which if you've foam rolled before, you're probably cringing and thinking that it hurts. And honestly, it does. If you don't foam roll regularly, it really hurts. But because I do this literally every single night, meaning I travel with my foam roller, like I just do my foam roller every single night, because I do that, it hurts a lot less. So I am going to post a link to my foam roller and my routine in the show notes. And I hope you will look into it, whether you already have a foam roller or not. Uh, Look into my foam roller and or look into my foam rolling routine. It is time for the veggies of the matter. And today we're talking about how to stick to your commitments to yourself. So let me ask you, does it ever puzzle you that you can't, or maybe you just don't uphold your commitments to yourself, even when you really want to do the thing you're committing to? It doesn't really seem to make sense if we think about it. I mean, if you committed to doing something totally miserable, like, uh, sticking your toothbrush in the trash can and rubbing it all around and then brushing your teeth. And then when the time came, you didn't do it. I would totally get that. That makes sense to me. You probably didn't even want to do it when you committed to it. You definitely didn't want to do it when it came time to brush your teeth with that toothbrush. But what about those things that we really do believe are best for us? Let's say on January 1st, we commit to meditating three times per week. And we actually really enjoy the process of meditating. And we really, really want to feel more centered and less frantic. But yet we still don't manage to make it happen. Why do we do that? Believe it or not, this has a name and it's called acrasia, acrasia, A-K-R-A-S-I-A. This is going to be one of those that you want to forget really quickly, but I want you to remember acrasia. This means uh, via Wikipedia, it means a lack of self-control or the state of acting against one's own better judgment. It's been mentioned as far back as Plato, Socrates, some versions of the Bible. So it's really been haunting us for a long time, this acrasia thing. I want to tell you about an interesting study that uh, shows that we assume we'll have more willpower or less acrasia in the future. This study investigated people's online grocery delivery orders, and it showed, it's kind of funny, that those who ordered for delivery tomorrow, they ordered more of the want items, like the ice cream and the chocolate and the chips, and they ordered fewer of the, quote, should items, like the vegetables. Now, if you know me, you know I don't like the word should, but I'm using the word from their study, so... It's just going to happen today. Um, They ordered fewer of the items like vegetables. Now, those who placed an order for delivery in a week, like it's Monday and I'm delivering for next Sunday, they ordered far more vegetables and less ice cream. It's like they were saying, oh, of course, by next week, I'll be able to stick to the foods that make me feel great. Yeah, I want the ice cream right now for tomorrow. 
But next week, I'm sure in the future, I'll definitely want the veggies. So if that rings a bell, you're going to want to listen up for my tips on how to reduce acrasia and actually stick to the commitments that you make to yourself. I've got 10 of them here and I don't need you to do all 10. I just need you to listen up and see what you think would work for you and commit to a few of these. The first part of this is to set reasonable commitments. Reasonable. I like dream goals, D-R-E-A-M, which is dated, realistic, energizing, attainable, or action-oriented, and measurable. Uh, But it's kind of the same as SMART goals. It's just adding the energizing bit in there, which I think is important. If you haven't been to the gym in a year, though, committing to going five times per week is just not reasonable. Not yet, at least. You can totally do that in the future, but not for right now. So I want to make sure that your goals are reasonable so that when you commit to something, you are committing to something you absolutely can achieve. And that leads us into the second piece, the second tip, which is to build credibility with yourself. I want you to think about your credibility with other people. And I know that you're amazing because you're listening to this. So you're probably not the kind of person that regularly just makes coffee dates with people and stands them up or makes appointments with your colleagues and doesn't go or doesn't turn in things for which you have a deadline or whatever. You're probably not that person. But you might not have the same credibility with yourself. In general, we live up to our commitments to other people because we want to retain credibility with them, but we don't think about credibility for with ourselves. I savor my credibility with myself just as much. I consider saying yes to myself a contract. So when I make a commitment to myself that I know I won't keep, like I am going to run 10 miles every single day, or I'm going to not eat chocolate for the next year or whatever, I remember that this is not reasonable and this is uh, detracting from the credibility I have with myself. So I don't make that commitment. Credibility with myself is just like a deposit into the bank. Every time I live up to my commitment, I add in, I deposit into the bank. And that makes it so that every once in a while, if I withdraw, it's okay. It's okay. But if I'm only withdrawing and not depositing, I'm going to be in trouble. So I take this seriously. When I say yes to myself, it's a contract. It is adding into that deposit into my self-credibility bank account, and I take it very seriously. The next tip here, tip number three, is to play calendar Tetris. So if you see my calendar, you would see that everything is in my calendar. My food prep, my exercise, my personal commitments, folding the laundry, like going to bed, all of these things are in my calendar. In fact, I am recording this a week before you hear it on October 13th, and earlier today I had a meeting with McKinsey, a Lionshare teammate, who asked me about a project that's coming up, and I told her, oh yeah, I'm going to work on that piece of the deliverable on November 5th at 11 a.m. Now, that is three and a half weeks from today, And I think her eyes just about popped out of her head because it's not an appointment with someone else. There's no, quote, reason for me to have it on my calendar. It could be done at any time. So why do I know exactly when I will do it? 
Because when I say I'm going to do something, I put it in my calendar right then. I treat it as any other appointment. Otherwise, we all have so many responsibilities. Life gets in the way. There are a jillion potential to-dos, and it's likely to get lost in a sea of all of these to-dos or to come up right behind the deadline, and then it stresses me out unnecessarily because I already have a super full day that day. So instead, I place everything on my calendar, and then if it needs to get moved, no problem. Play calendar Tetris. Move that around, but block everything in so that you are able to retain reasonable commitments to yourself. Next trick I do is let's say I have a day of a bunch of appointments um, and in between there I know there are five things I need to get done. Now it would be easy to just go on with the appointments and forget these to-dos so I actually write each one on a post-it note and I stick it on my desk so that it's staring me in the face all day and as soon as I complete a task I'll just take off the post-it note and recycle it. And if you are one of those people who just loves crossing things off a to-do list, let me tell you Taking a post-it note off your desk is even more gratifying because you're getting closer and closer to a clean desk. You're getting to physically remove something. It just feels so good. So that's a way to make sure it doesn't get lost in a sea of other commitments. Tip number five is to keep a recurring to-do list. So I keep a special kind of to-do list that I'll talk about on a future podcast, Uh, but every single week I carry over the long-term items that didn't get uh, accomplished. So this year, for example, this is going to be totally mortifying to some of you, but it's true. I bought one of my good friends, Erica, a Christmas present at Christmas time in December 2019, and I didn't actually give her the gift until August. Yes, I can blame some of this on coronavirus, but honestly, kind of just is what it is. And so every single week, literally every single week from December 25th, 2019 until August, whatever I gave her the gift on, I had written that on my to-do list, exchange Christmas presents with Erica every single week on my to-do list. I rewrite my to-do list every week. And this got so annoying that eventually I just drove over to her house, dropped off the gift, even though we had talked about meeting up and exchanging them, that act made us find a time to meet up and exchange them. So sometimes as I write things over and over and over again, I just get so frustrated that I end up doing it, which is good. And sometimes, honestly, I get so frustrated that I end up crossing it off and realizing it's just not a priority anymore, which is also a win. That's great. But keeping this recurring to-do list really helps me uh, stay on top of those commitments and achieve the things I want to do. Tip number six is my least favorite of all of them, just to be honest, but it works so well for a lot of people, and it is to use a commitment device. So a commitment device is a system that makes it easier to do what you say you want to do. So the classic example is if you want to go to the gym, even if you totally know what you're doing, you might hire a personal trainer to show up just for that accountability. Or if you want to limit social media time, you use an app that blocks it. Or if you want to limit your spending, you cut up your credit cards and you only use your debit cards or cash. Now, I like the other nine tips because I like to work on intrinsic motivation and teaching yourself without relying on an outside commitment device. But I have to say these commitment devices are pretty nice at the beginning as you're easing into this stuff. So if that works for you, use it. 
Tip number seven is to continuously measure your progress. Those of you who follow me on Instagram know that I am always tracking my yearly goals. Every single Sunday, I review my progress towards my yearly goals. And even though I don't hit every goal every week, I'm fine with that because measuring consistently reminds me of where I am, where I need to refocus, just make sure that I hit those long-term goals. So measuring progress consistently. Next tip is how you talk to yourself about all of this. And the key here is to commit to your goals. Don't just hope or wish or want or think you're going to do something. When I make a commitment to myself, I commit. I don't say I'd like to get fit or I really hope I meal plan every Sunday. I either commit or I don't. And when I commit, I use that strong language every single time I'm talking to myself. I will do this, not I want to do this. I take action. I don't hope. The language that you use with yourself really matters. Tip number nine is to think about your why. Your why is your deep-seated, powerful, really strong emotional reason behind what you are doing. And I'm going to post or I'm going to link to a really old blog post from 2014, but still relevant about how I uh, recommend finding your why. So if your why is something with should in it, that's not motivating. Or if it's something that Megan said, or I read in a magazine or something like that, that's not motivated motivating. We need a really deep reason to stay motivated to do these things, something that feels energizing and inspiring and empowering. That is your why. The very last tip here is to have a non-negotiable backup. And I talked about this a little bit in last week's episode on morning routines, but look, you're human. I'm human too. And even when we have the best laid plans, sometimes they don't work out perfectly. So for every commitment I make, I have a non-negotiable backup. Like I said before, I aim to do my morning routine daily and I do it 99 times out of 100. But some mornings, if I, if, you know, things get crazy, (laughs) I have a non-negotiable backup, which is several deep breaths and three things I'm grateful for. Every single day, no matter what, that I am alive, I can do those things. I can think in my head of three things I'm grateful for, and that is my non-negotiable. So I do have these aspirational big goals, but I always have this non-negotiable to back it up so that I retain that commitment to myself. I put a deposit into my bank, my self-commitment bank, no matter what. I hope these 10 tips helped on how to uh, keep commitments to yourself, and I look forward to hearing about your commitments to yourself. It is finally time for listener Q&A. And Lisa asks, what are your thoughts on collagen supplements and powder versus liquid? Uh, first off, Lisa, I love collagen. I take it every day in my coffee. Uh, it is great for your hair, your skin, your nails, your gut lining in particular, your muscle recovery. So much. It's a great source of clean protein. Uh, it is an animal product. So for uh, those of you vegans and vegetarians, this will not be the product for you. Although there are some vegetarian collagen mimickers, it's honestly not quite the same. 
Uh, for me, I notice a big difference in my nail quality. I tend to have very weak nails naturally, but since I have been taking collagen for years and years and years, they are much stronger, uh, much less brittle, and I don't need to have a manicure or polish on all the time, something like that. I'm going to post all about the benefits to collagen or of collagen in the show notes, as well as a link to the product I like, which is Sports Research Collagen. There are so many great ones out there, but I find Sports Research to be the cheapest good quality option, so that's the one I buy. As for liquid collagen, honestly, I looked and I have not seen any studies showing that it's better in any way. The powdered version is hydrolyzed collagen, which is very bioavailable. So even after looking into the liquid, I'm going to stick to the powder. Hope that helps. And then Sarah says, you talk a a lot about drinking water, and I also heard last week's episode about drinking adaptogens in the form of tea. Does herbal tea count towards water intake? Good news for you, Sarah, and thank you for listening to last week's episode. Yes, herbal tea does count. I count towards water intake um, any electrolyte, things added to water like the Ultima Replenisher. I recommended in episode one, I count herbal tea, uh, decaf herbal tea, definitely towards my water intake. Sometimes I will drink Organifi as a green supplement in water. I will count all of that. You could count bone broth if you're drinking that. All kinds of hydrating beverages can count. I do not count alcohol, even if it's mixed in water, soda, coffee, uh, caffeinated tea, anything like that, sadly. And I do drink uh, most or all of those things, but I just don't count them to my water intake. So congratulations, Sarah. You can add your adaptogenic herbal tea into your water intake. And thank you as always for your question. If you have questions, I uh, ask each week for them on Instagram stories. So go ahead and follow me there at the lion share, and I will be more than happy to answer your question. Last but not least is the call to action. This is where I get to encourage you to take some action. And this week, as always, it is simple. I want you to think of one commitment to yourself. What's one thing? Maybe you've tried it before. It hasn't worked. Maybe this is your first time to commit to yourself. But I want you to make sure that it's reasonable. I want you to now put it on your calendar. Even if you're walking, take a pause. Put this on your calendar And truly commit to it. Think of your why. Why do you want to do this? Make it powerful. Make it motivating. Make it energizing. And then use any of the tactics you heard today to go out and make it happen. You can do this when you set your mind to it. I believe in you. It's time for you to believe in you and go take some action. Thanks for listening to another episode of Wellness Your Way with Megan Lyons. I always love connecting with listeners, so be sure to follow me on social media. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss brand new episodes each week. If you love Wellness Your Way, please leave us a rating and review. I appreciate it so much. Stay well, and I'll be back next week.
The Wellness Your Way podcast is provided for information only and should not be misconstrued as medical advice. Please consult with your physician or otherwise qualified practitioner on any matters regarding your health and well-being or on any opinions expressed within this podcast or the LionShare website.